from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. You throw a gif on there? Oh, if I throw a gif? Like, that means something. I love bears doing human things. Right. I don't like bears being bears. Right. We're not going to do handwritten notes. God, no. Jesus. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go. Five o'clock hour. Cofield and Company. Big Five's up here in uh, just a couple of seconds. Adam Hill is in along with uh, Ari. It's Cofield. We got a lot of uh, Raiders updates to get to, including some breaking news on uh, what it's going to be like to attend the game this Saturday. First preseason game. We talked about the parking yesterday. We'll talk about other fan requirements that'll be going down at the Al in just a couple of minutes. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Okay. I know it's a reality show. I know it's a reality show. Am I going to fade the Cowboys because of a reality show? A little bit. Um, I will say I do worry about Dak Prescott making it through the season on that repaired ankle. Uh, I also, I don't think Mike McCarthy is a great coach. I thought the, the hire in the first place was lackluster. And I still see some of the stupid stuff from Jerry Jones that I think has been counterproductive. You know, it's it's interesting you know, they talked about it in the beginning of Hard Knocks, you know, three Super Bowl titles. It's been 26 years. And the one common denominator over the 26 years has been the Jones boys being around. And Jerry Jones, while he is fading a bit, he's 78 years old. And, you know, he, obviously he's involved talking to Mike McCarthy. I just I don't think he should be in meetings. I don't think he should be having separate conversations with the freaking trainer about <laughs> Jack Prescott. And then he's pushing the trainer to get Prescott out there throwing short passes when he's got a shoulder injury. And it's all... Again, I know it's reality TV, but it's all the kind of stuff that freaking should drive Cowboy fans nuts about Jerry Jones interference. Let the football people and the doctors do their job. Just enjoy what you got. Watch the game. I mean, he's having a breakdown. I don't know what was going on there. Maybe there's something emotional that day. He's holding a press conference. He's he's getting all the clamp. It's like, what's going on here? I mean, all of that. Everything that you said, I just boiled down to. I'm I'm worried that Dak Prescott gets bored to death hanging around McCarthy all the time. Oh my god, it's the just no dollar, no inspiration. Um, I did kind of like the fact that Dak Prescott seems like a real nerd. Yeah, uh, and then he's he's like all frustrated. They're trying to pull you know pull back the reins, and then of course he's got now this this shoulder strain that you see on the show that he's dealing with. It just I don't know, man. The vibe, it just it just seems the same every freaking year where you're like. Is this coach a big time coach? Why 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 is the owner meddling? There seems to be a lack of leadership. Just it's a it's a weird mix. And then on top of all that, the thing that there's a lot of stuff that bothers. Believe me, we'll get to the second me talk before we get out of here. That that was a freaking joke. Come on there. Um and then the the weirdness with Jerry Jones and his breakfast sandwich. I think I'll say this. There's been a lot of eating stories, and we'll we'll also get to what's going on with the rookie linebacker, Michael Parsons. But there's been a lot of weird eating stories. Over the years, the worst ever and the most disgusting ever, which is funny because this guy rails against competitive eating, was Peter King eating popcorn sure. in front of Jerry Jones on like, you know, 9,000 hard knocks ago. It was like, <laughs> Pete, this is disgusting, okay? Uh, but that breakfast sandwich that Jerry Jones was eating, first of all, you're a billionaire. 
Who's getting a fast food breakfast sandwich and then you're like, I need more salt on it. Where's your chef? Yeah. Well, that that and... He should have a chef and someone should feed him the food. I could be wrong. I didn't go back and watch this. I was just, I was, I was like making so notes. So weird looking. The cheese isn't melted. It just looked gross. Everything's falling apart with this organization. I thought it was first class. I was making notes as I was watching it. So I, I didn't go back and look. I probably should have. I love that. I, also, I was making notes as I was watching. I have so many notes. I do the same exact I also, thing. I'm sitting there. I sit there in a text and I'm like, okay. I'm looking back at my notes from yesterday. I'm like, good Lord. I, I wrote a lot of things down. Uh, I feel like it was also he had a little tiny breakfast sandwich on a giant plate. Yeah, like where? How is who's plating this? I I feel like he bought one from a fast food place. I think I know where it was from, but I think he bought one from a fast food place and then put it on a plate to make it, I guess, look better. Like, oh, it's a very professional plate that you have there, but it's also still the same garbage breakfast sandwich. I don't know what's going on with this guy. And you're right. The salt. If there's anything about those sandwiches, you know, there's so much salt. This is from us. There's so much salt on there's them. There's no less healthy show in the country. And we're like wagging our finger. I wrote my notes. Jones breakfast sandwich looks like crap. No melted cheese. Salt out of a shaker. Even I take the freaking salt in the shaker. Put it in my hand. I mean, this is from watching cooking shows. And then just a dash. That's like it. A just a little dash. Salt, salt bag guy? Yeah, just a dash. You don't shake, you don't shake it? No. no. Why? Ridiculous. You got to watch your salt intake. He's 78. Well, I, I, I'm not saying he shook it like 18 times. Eh. I'm saying you shake once. Shake once out of the food and then you're good. That's good enough. A lot, a lot of things to work Especially, on. Especially, like I said, I feel like one of the problems with those sandwiches is they're, they're way too salty to begin with. What are we doing here, Jerry? Number four. Yeah, all the hardcore football breakdown of Hard Knocks is coming uh, around 6.03, not on the show. <laughs> I've got some. Uh, interesting conversation. receiver this year? So, running so many routes? I know. We got, we got it slated okay. for later. Right. Uh, worst of first. This has happened 19 times since 2002. Team in last place in the division has gone to first the next year. So you assume it's going to happen. Is it? Is it? Uh, yeah. Odds on this. So the teams are the Niners, the Eagles, the Broncos, the Jaguars, the Falcons, the Bengals, the Lions, and the Jets. Well, it never looks like it's possible when you look at the sure. list. The Niners would be the obvious one, that's what I was but the say. odds suck. They're only plus 190. I need something better than that. Well, that's, I mean, it, it's. it sounds crazy to say it's it's chalk to go with a team that was last place right. last year, but that is the answer. I mean, the 49ers, I think, are going to win the NFC West. They are a team that obviously went through a ton of injuries, uh, were decimated last year and so i think just getting the guys back that they got back uh, will help they've got trey lance to go in at some point at quarterback too which i think energizes the offense uh, we know they can run the ball in that system so i just think the 49ers are not only the most likely of these teams but i think they're likely i think they should be the favorite to win that division so uh, i like them to do it the problem with the other ones isn't necessarily that they couldn't be better like i think the, the Falcons could be a little bit better. The Bengals should be improved. The Lions should be improved. The Jets, I actually think, are a mess uh, still. But, like, look at the teams at the top of those divisions. Real tough favorites in some of those divisions. I think the Niners are clearly, and again, obviously, but they're, they're clearly the choice to pick here of going worst to first. Number three. And to bring up issues this early to try to stir the pot, Seems a little weak, but Bart Scott tried it the other day. Are we serious on this outrage, or is it faux outrage? 
Bart Scott accused Cam Newton of body shaming Mac Jones. Mac, and, and you know, if you've seen Cam, you know, and behind the scenes stuff, Cam likes to give everyone nicknames. Sure. Mac Jones, he dubbed him Mac and Cheese. So Bart Scott thinks this is a reference to his blubbery physique. I mean, I don't think he's blubbery. Is like, he fat shaming him? No, we've seen. He's, he's not got, blubbery compared got, to us, but he's not. He's not exactly a ripped individual. No, he's but a, he's, he's like chubby Tom Brady at the beginning of Tom Brady's career in that that combine photo. Right. That, I mean, he's dad body. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I didn't mean body like bod dash e body guy. Right. Uh, but I. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I. I clearly when I hear Mac and Cheese as his nickname, I'm like, oh, yo, they're calling the fat guy Mac and Cheese. No, he's not Mac. He's not Mac Jones. It's Mac and Cheese. It's just can't. Here's the thing. Mac Truck is that better? Cam is awful at nicknames. He's really but bad. But he loves them. He loves them. I know. And he tries to come up with them for everybody. And he's just not very creative. Like this is this is a real reach. Yeah, Bart Scott said that's disrespectful. Uh, disrespectful, right? That brings up. Something totally different. Mac and cheese is like one of the most disrespectful nicknames I've heard in a long time. And this <laughs> yeah, this dude thinks it's a term uh, term of endearment. Like, I don't know if somebody told him he's pretty much body shaming him. No, he's not. It's Mac no, Jones, Mac and cheese. It's just that he's bad at coming up with nicknames. Don't read any more into it. You don't have to. This is, it's silly. Was, it, was there a look shaming going on between Matt LaFleur and Art Smith, the oh, Falcons a- coach? I mean, it's gone. It's going on like three days now. What's going on here is Matt Lafleur is kind of a pretty boy, and uh, Art Smith is a former football player, and at times can look like an unmade bed. Is he saying Arthur Smith is kind of ugly? Well, they're very close friends. They were on the same staff as okay. assistant coaches, and I guess okay. I guess they shared a locker room. Okay. Uh, and Arthur Smith was asked, I believe, directly, you know, what can you, what kind of insight can you tell us about Lafleur? And he's like, oh, great coach, good dude. Uh, but he spends about an hour every day looking at himself in the mirror, making sure. sure that he looks good before the game. And Matt LaFleur was actually asked about it at his press conference. And nice. his response, I thought, was good. He goes, what took you guys so long? He was like, why did it take you so long to ask me? Of course, somebody was going to mention this. I knew they said it. Why didn't you ask me sooner? Oh, wow. Uh, and then he went into basically, well, you know, he can say I look in the mirror all, all I want, but he's or I'm not the one that uses hair club for men uh, to fix my head. Oh, uh, is he accusing Arthur Smith of dyeing his hair? Sure. And then Arthur Smith actually, I saw earlier today, fired back again uh, and basically accused uh, LaFleur of taking way too long to come up with a response. Like, I can't believe it took him 24 hours to come up with that. It was terrible. Uh, so now I guess we're going to get another response tomorrow uh, from Matt LaFleur. I guess they're just going to go back and forth like every day. Do you think deep down LaFleur really likes the discussion of him looking in the mirror? Because he is a pretty boy? No. He's like, why didn't you ask me about this before? Well, this is... (laughs) I love my looks. Because this is also... I mean, it's uh, eerily reminiscent of the story we heard about Jamie Dixon. Yeah, Jamie Dixon and his hair. Who who uh, ducked into like a, you know, a high school... Like JV Dude, locker I'm telling room, you, bathroom. I'm with him. Like when you get the bald spot in the back, and then you try to grow the front out, like you do have to sculpt it. Because there are a lot of days, like I, there are a lot of days where I'm wearing the headphones and I'm doing this stupid, you know, Trumpian Jamie Dixon sculpting thing to try to cover the bald spot. Where like anything can throw you off. So you got you. I don't. I just don't care enough. But I mean, I can see why Jamie Dixon's in the bathroom, like you know, sure. looking, trying to comb it. And you guys caught him doing it. Yeah, sure. So Arthur Smith's response today. Was I've been graying since I was 20, 
I don't look like I've got black shoe polish in my hair, so go figure. But no, I love Matt LaFleur. He's one of my good friends uh, in the business. But the rebuttal did take him a full day. I think I'm going to start dying on. I was, I was watching uh, more, uh, what's it called, uh, uh, Bar Rescue. And sure. Taffer has all different colors hair, you know, color hair. Because he got a hair job, Natural. too. I mean, there's times that, you know, there's times it looks like it's really black. You mean his new show, Hair Rescue? Hair Rescue. Well, he's yeah. I mean, he could do it. He could do it, man. He's been he's been screaming a lot lately on the show. Got him into it. The Las Vegas season? Just the yelling and screaming and all those great celebrities he's brought in. Number two. Uh, that was sarcasm on some of the, on some of the episodes. Whoa, whoa. I know. I know. I'm going to call him out. A uh, headline just out in the uh, local paper, the RJ. Raiders say mask mandate will be enforced at Allegiant Stadium. Here we go. We got a game this Saturday against Seattle. Bravo. How are they going to do this one? Adam's all about it. He's a uh, eternal masker. Boy, the ushers, these poor ushers. Oh, I feel bad for them. And by the way, what happens like with Gorilla Rilla? Do you make him take off for her? Take off the gorilla mask and actually put on a real mask that's safe? That, I think that counts as a mask. Oh, it does? think so <laughs> come on Raiders fans you're gonna be okay with this and then NFL fans who bought the tickets do you think how, this is gonna about, be upheaval I'll just say this feel however you want be mad about it whatever you want do not be jackasses to the ushers no. or the security guards or people at the stadium wear your stupid mask nobody likes it it's what the rules are we're trying to save people's lives we get it you don't like it you like your freedom fine argue with somebody else do not treat those people poorly. Do you have, seriously. Do you have any clue what your assignment will be on on game day, on a preseason game? Do you guys talk about it now, or you wait until day of? It'll be day of. I mean, I'll be I'll be writing a whoever you know is a star. If a sidebar, anyone from the paper listens to the show, Adam absolutely has to do a feature on the masking and has to spend. Can't mingle. Why can't you spend a half can't as mingle. a security guy? Can't mingle as a uh, usher. Can't mingle with the people. Gotta be in your area. What a nightmare. What about someone who's not normally credentialed for the Raiders? Why not a features writer? Sure, we can send somebody to sit in the stands. We gotta buy him a ticket oh. for like no! $350. That's a good point. I guess they couldn't get hired as an usher on this short notice. God, that would be tremendous. Yeah, like Adam said, just follow the rules. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. Don't don't be a jerk to people who are there to do their job. And they're you think they want to be there? You think they're they're in, they're volunteering and going to the stadium like, hey, hey, can you bring me in to yell at people to put their mask on on Saturday? That's really what I want to do. Like nobody's doing that. So please, just be respectful. That's all people are asking. Number one. All right. So what happened today? What happened today? Big COVID outbreak. Raiders practice canceled. Actually, Immediately, uh, people on social media, many of them nameless, were flipping out like something must be wrong. I swear, someone responded, I think, to Q Myers, who does a show over on Raider Nation Radio 920, and he's all over the Raiders. He's out there every day. I swear in his thread, someone responded with typical Raiders. Like it was just like a loser move to cancel practice. Like, you don't. Someone else said, really? A day after a terrible practice? Like, were you at practice? You told me yesterday the defense looked great. The well, offense was not so great. And that's what it was. And a couple offensive But someone today. goes, terrible practice, yeah. and now you're canceling practice. Uh. Carr, Carr and uh, Alex Engel both said 
Uh, they were a little bit disappointed practice was canceled because they wanted to get back at the defense for beating them yesterday. Okay. Uh, so there was that. Um, according to players, and this is all we have to go on right now, uh, it was actually was a good practice, especially in terms of the GPS numbers, where the Raiders monitor every day how fast, how far, how much activity, everything that everybody does on the practice field from the time they leave the locker room to the time they return. And looking at the numbers, the Raiders have had a couple of excellent practices in terms of movement and speed and everything else. And that was part of the reason why they decided to call it off. Now, again, could there be something more? Sure. But that's what we've been told uh, from the team. And there's no reason to disbelieve it right now. I had heard it before the players said it. um, And the players kind of confirmed that that's what it was. So uh, that's all we have to go on right now. And I would say it makes some sense. Like, again, a bad practice. That means the other side was probably doing pretty well. Uh, unless there's just no energy, no pop, nothing going on. But that wasn't the case yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think it was just a case of something may have been happening, but the Raiders decided, hey, listen, not not the day. We don't have to practice. They still – it's not like they had the day off. We probably shouldn't say that. They still went to rehab. They still did the work with the trainers. They still worked out. They still went to meetings. They did everything today except for have that two hours out on the field. They also met with kids, didn't they? They did for a little bit, for sure. Well, there was kids uh, every day. There's like a group of invited guests that are out at the facility for practice. Uh, and usually there's not much interaction because they're not supposed to be there. You know, it's it's protocols. Uh, so they're not supposed to go over there. Uh, but today the Raiders did because they didn't practice and there was a bunch of kids there to watch practice. Uh, they did decide to go over and meet and greet for a little while. Uh, I think just to make up for the fact that the kids were there and didn't get to see anything. Uh, we're going to talk a little NBA, NBA Summer League and also NBA offseason focusing on the Lakers as we talk to a uh, former NBA player and analyst to the world, Ryan Hollins, in about 10 minutes. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. That's an opposite field base hit for Will Smith. Turner's headed home. Here's the throw from Harper, not in time. You can count on one hand how many guys in this world score on that hit. Trey Turner's one of them, and the Dodgers lead 2-0. Cofield and Cofield and Company. She got a big ego, you could see it on a telescope. I'm the same way, it's why we always argue back and forth. I swear she my poison at the same time, my antidote. She the noose around my neck, I couldn't ask for a better rope. You're like a time bomb, take it away. 30 seconds till you blow up, right in my face. Oh boy. Sounds like a good relationship. Real good one there. Real good one. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, uh, the bike coming back, courtesy of uh, MLB.com and the Dodgers Broadcast Network. You love the Trey Turner slide? Oh, it was it was like... It's crazy, right? It, it was such a piece of art. It, it was, was a beautiful slide, and everyone involved, the runner and ump, acted like it was nothing. Well, which I, I I would argue the way the ump reacted made the play. Because <laughs> he could have either yeah. given like a full safe sign and then the attention's on him yeah. or just not do anything and you forget that he's there. But his subtle just like, so you crossed home plate, you're safe, bro. Yep. <laughs> Loved it. Not the – It was so good. Pull <laughs> like an Enrico Palazzo and start moonwalking on the safe call. I also loved like how much people freaked out about how awesome it was because it's one of those things where I'd watch and I'd be like, "Oh, that's amazing," but like people were freaking out about how good it was. Uh, I actually watched probably more MLB Network yesterday than I've watched in a long time because I had it on while I was working last night, 
Uh, Harold Reynolds did like a long breakdown of the slide, which was very good. And then he also did, and you uh, may have seen this from the night before. So two nights ago, Aaron Judge got thrown out at home on a little ground ball in the infield. And they broke down. It was like a seven-minute breakdown of what he did wrong as a base runner to make yeah. that happen. Yeah. And I was like, this is good programming. Now, I, I imagine maybe a lot of people are like, what are we doing here? Why are we talking about this for so long? But I thought it was really, really interesting programming uh, to break down what he did wrong with the lead, what he did wrong with the secondary lead, what he did wrong uh, with his uh, time and space from the third baseman. Mike Lowell was also there playing the third baseman. They also had Mike Lowell play the third base coach to say what the third base coach may have done wrong. Like, it was incredible. I loved it. Get up to LVSportsNetwork.com right now. Maybe you can sound like that, right? Big-time radio star. Raider Nation Radio 920 wants to see if uh, you have what it takes to be on the air. You submit a 60-second video. It's really easy to do. And if you're the winner, your video could be played on the air on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker on r 920. Uh, in any case, the grand prize winner with the best video will win a – I mean, this is ridiculous, this set of prizes here. A new flat-screen TV, home-and-away Raiders jerseys, uh, also two-foot classic sub from Porta Subs every week for the NFL regular season. But the only way you can win is to get in with that video, submit the video, 60 seconds or less – showing that you have what it takes to be on air like Clay Baker and Adam Hill. Go to LVSportsNetwork.com. I always love your interest in sliding because I still don't believe you when you say that when you played baseball, you could actually slide well. I don't believe it. Not only slide well, great base runner. And I'm slow. Oh, come on. I'm not, I'm not claiming I was ever fast. I was a great base runner. I used to love sliding. It's not Freaking easy. Freaking love it. Yeah, it's not And I didn't, never loved going head first, but I love the pop-up slide. Um, I actually was the victim of a minor injury uh, playing third base one time. Someone slid in head first, and their body bounced, and their cleat came up like over their body and nailed me right in the eye, and I had like the basically like the little boxers cut. Yeah, that one. I'm, I have two. I had got two different cuts. I was thinking of another one I got, but I got it over the eye, kind of on the left side. Uh, then I also got head butted one time. It wasn't a head butt. Two heads clashed playing basketball interroll basketball in college and i and i had like a good slit in my eyebrow it's never fun eye injuries i i mean Street I, cred. I was like never a great athlete obviously never fast but the like the intricacies of the game i will say that i was incredible at and that's why i did lead a league in base stealing one year oh my which god was incredible you did yeah I was I, I was I was a very it's like smart the year the Pujols stole like twelve, and then the other How one. How did you do that? The other one was pulled off numerous hidden ball tricks uh, throughout throughout a couple of seasons, and uh, was I thought really good. And you know, coaches would say like so good at if like I was playing third a lot when a, when a base runner was stealing third to to catch the ball, swipe tag, but also get your foot to block the bag. Nice. So like at the end of the seasons. The inside of like my, my ankle and above were just destroyed every year because I would take so many cleats uh, right off the inside of my leg, but all the time, will, willing to sacrifice for the, the team. glory years of Adam Hill. Exactly, as a young athlete, twelve to fifteen. The phone lines are open. Join the conversation on Cofield and Company now by calling 702-364-1100 or tweet us at Cofield and Co. 
and Paul George had the option to leave playing alongside Russell Westbrook and jumped at the escape hatch provided to him by Kawhi Leonard. All those players said no, 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 no to the player that LeBron said yes to. It is a no-brainer, as in, LeBron, you have no brains if you're going to choose Russell Westbrook. A, a disaster waiting to happen. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Got to set up the narratives early, right, before an NBA season? Well, he better not say at the end of the year when LeBron wins, of course you won, super team, because you know he will. Well, he doesn't have the escape hatch to say that LeBron won because of Russell Westbrook. So now both options are gone. So now it's going to have to be AD. (laughs) It's true. AD overcame the stupid GMing of LeBron. That was Skip Bayless on uh, Fox Sports on the uh, Shannon Sharp show with Skip and Jenny Taft, who actually made some waves today yelling at Skip. That was very interesting. She was not happy with Skip body shaming Mike McCarthy. None of us were. Yeah. It was very, very egregious. We just got a football note that came down. <laughs> I don't understand. This This seems like a joke. The it Dallas does. Cowboys Twitter account sent out what? They say it's not a setback and it's not a reason to worry. But Dak, Dak Prescott is planning on getting another MRI. Which to me translates to, oh my God, Dak Prescott's getting another MRI. This is this is worrying to people. I don't know what they're trying to do here. And clearly, it's made uh, you know this whole thing is made into a bigger deal since we saw Hard Knocks last night and people got to see Dak with the shoulder and then Jerry Jones trying to push him back out on the field. <laughs> McCarthy like was stunned. Had- he had he like. I don't understand. When they put this show together, are they just trying to make Mike McCarthy look silly? Head trainer, Jerry Jones. But McCarthy's just like, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's your reaction? That's as animated as he's ever been about God. anything. Man, oh, man. He's a dullard. It's hilarious. Ryan Holland's playing the NBA. He covers the NBA. I know he likes the NFL as well. Ryan, it's Steve and Adam here in Vegas. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? I don't know. We're just laughing at Hard Knocks last night, and we're laughing at the Cowboys and the weird organization that they are. And uh, I know you're a Niners fan. you got to be thrilled that the the Niners, at least, you know, before they get all injured again, but uh, at least look like they're back on track to be one of the top teams in the NFC. Hey, man, it, it, as long as our, our, our D-line is set and the O-line is, it, it, is together, we'll, we'll be all right, man. We'll, we'll play some <laughs> Russian roulette to figure out who's our starting quarterback. We'll, we'll figure yeah, yeah. things out. <laughs> Ryan, how would how would a hard knocks look in the NBA? Like, would it be fascinating to us, or is the locker room kind of boring sometimes? You know what? It, it, it depends on the team. You know, I, I think everybody would be down for some some LeBron James hard knocks. You know, or, or some <laughs> Brooklyn Nets hard knocks. That might be something to watch. But there aren't enough position battles, I'd say, to really get the excitement. Or you know, you could kind of tell the guys that are getting cut versus the guys that are going to be on the team. But uh, I, I think either LeBron or KD, you you get some nice action out of those teams. Is it is it bad that I cry every time guys get cut? No, it's not. It, it's it's very <laughs> unnatural. It is it is extremely unnatural. Like somebody's dreams are coming to an end. And the first time I actually saw it happen, um, for one, normally it's in the office. I just I've just realized that we Kevin Burleson. My guy got cut right in front of my face. Kevin Burleson, brother Nate Burleson, 
Um, this was my guy. He'd like, you know, take me to eat after practice. I slept on his couch as a rookie. Like he really just took care of me before I had anything. And he, yeah, he got cut in front of the team. Like one of the last cuts of training camp. And I, I felt like crying. And I realized <laughs> in high school and college, I've never seen anyone get cut. You know, guys just kind of transfer out, but nobody gets cut. And that was my first time seeing someone get cut. Sticking on the Hard Knocks theme, what was the craziest locker room, you know, uh, mix that you played with? What was the craziest team that would have been highly entertaining on Hard Knocks? Lance Stevenson, <laughs> Matt Barnes, Zach Randolph, Tony oh, Allen. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Every day they do there's something. Yeah, you should have just started with any team that Matt Barnes was on. <laughs> and then throwing, you know, a, a nice Spanish accent from Mark Gasol. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, let's get into the, the angle of the week, and that is, boy, the, the Lakers, I think, brought in some intriguing young guys, but the story is all the old guys. This is going to work? They're going to make it through the season? Or does it only have to work by keeping all these guys healthy for the postseason? There's three guys that have to be healthy. Uh, Le- LeBron Westbrook and Anthony Davis. You can you can kind of play roulette with any other players. Uh, Dwight Howard to me was the biggest signing in all of free agency. Uh, really? All the stars, superstars were in place, but the Lakers were in dire need of rim protection and stability on that back line. Uh, huge signing there, but uh, I, the only question right now is: Are they going to be healthy? And uh, you know, if LeBron and, and, and Westbrook kind of can come together and gel. And you assume with LeBron's leadership, they'll be able to gel and work things out. The only questions are health, you know, and that's a, that's a big question to be. That was a problem last year, and it wasn't just the Lakers that plagued. Uh, I, I would say what seventy, sixty percent of playoff teams last year yeah. missed someone, uh, a, a superstar player. So I, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, uh, neither as a fan or as a player. You know, in my ten years of playing. Is that the first time stability and Dwight Howard was used in the same sentence? You know what, man? Since Dwight Howard kind of was, you know, on the outs of the NBA and he came back and won a championship, he, he's just done his job, you, you know? Yeah. And uh, Dwight was excellent as, as a dynamic roller, as you would say, and, and, and rebounder, and he kind of got away from that role and, you know, had some locker room issues and personality stuff he had to deal with. But, you know, he's just grown into a really – Really great, good NBA player and teammate. He's he, and he's as stable as it gets. You know, the, the Lakers are all over the place. They couldn't guard anybody without him last year. So uh, he he was a huge piece. And and I'm not saying he's going to be playing these mega minutes, but you know, matching up with the team's best centers as this league transitions back to a a a center strong league. You know, where our MVP was a five, second runner up was the center, and Joel Embiid and, and Jokic. And, you know, I think it's something that you're going to have to have as some type of either post-presence or uh, post-defender on your team. You, you referenced it a little bit earlier, but I just want to follow up on it. I know it's it's been it's, – listen, this is not breaking ground. Everybody's asking this question, but how does the offense break down? Who has the ball the most majority of the time with Rustbrook and LeBron and AD, and how does that work uh, in terms of, you know, everybody getting theirs? Well, this is Anthony Davis's dream. You know, because he just wants someone to, you know, create him shots, and he's arguably the best, one of the better finishers in the game. The guy who can catch him, you know, he can he can roll to the rim with the best of them. He can pop back for three. He can play in the mid range. You know, so that, that that's beautiful because Westbrook loves to pass the basketball. Uh, he's going to be Westbrook in the, in the fast break and LeBron in the half court. Uh, but the difference because 
you guys are saying, well, we've heard that story. That's what the Harden deal was supposed to be with him, right? That was James Harden in Westbrook, yeah. how they're supposed to work. Uh, LeBron James is much more mature, and he's going to have the ear of Westbrook. And he's cerebral enough to where uh, when things are going wrong, maybe Russ gets a little you know, turnover happy. Uh, he can reel things back in. But you look at the fix like this. If I asked you to, if you could say LeBron needed just one thing at his age, one thing that he needs, what would it be? Got us. Fire away. I'll say energy, right? You yeah. get older, you need energy. You got to be ready to play. You got to be excited. You got to, you know, be fired up. Westbrook brings energy, you know? Yeah. So I think that'll be the mix. The pace is going to come from LeBron, and the energy is going to come from Westbrook, and he's going to be tasked to get the Lakers through the regular season. Guys, everybody's going crazy. And the Lakers were a team that, that finished in the play-in game. They had to play their way into the playoffs, guys. Yeah. So as excited as we are for the, for the Lakers, the gosh darn reality is they were outside of the playoffs, guys. So this, this is a much-needed improvement. Yeah, I love that angle, too, the energy angle, because as you get older, and a guy like LeBron, who's got to be the alpha all the time, it can be freaking exhausting. And now you got a guy on the team in Westbrook who can you know, take that alpha role and you know, drive others and, and bring energy to the floor. I, I love the addition. Is Do you like is, – is one more significant than the other? Maybe neither one significant can – what do you think of the signing of the young guys in, in Nunn and Monk? I loved it. Uh, man, that was, that was the need. You know, we, we questioned, uh, okay, who, who's the energy? Who's the guy? Who are the guys that chase Damian Lillard and Seth Curry around the perimeter or, or kind of, you know, play every single night and, and be ready to go when someone just has a, a, a nagging energy injury or, or needs, a, a, you know, a, 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 some, some little load management? Well, you got the two young guys. You know, Monk can play. He can he can get up and down and score with the best of them. He's going to have to grow. And, and Kendrick Nunn was a steal. I couldn't believe that the Lakers got him at that price. You know, yeah. he kind of was a forgotten man in Miami. They ended up getting really deep uh, on the wing. So I love that signing of Nunn. And I think, hey, man, Westbrook ends up missing a little a little bit of time. You know, Nunn can step in there and provide the scoring. But I, I like it because you got a guy who can come off of the bench and score, and a guy easily in a situation can step in and start it. He definitely ain't afraid to shoot the darn basketball. We know that. <laughs> Talking from NBA with Ryan Hollins, played in the league for 10-plus years and now doing uh, work all over ESPN and also CBS Sports. Uh, best offseason between the Bulls and the Knicks. Did you like what both of them did? Who did a better job? I like what the Bulls did, man. I think they're steadily just getting to the point where, hey, man, this is a team that's going to make the playoffs. And I, and I, I couldn't believe I was founded that this is the first time that Zach Levine had won four games in a row since UCLA, my alma mater. Um, Nikola uh, Yusevich, excuse me, Yusevich, uh, uh over there, uh, who is it? Uh, my guy, DeMar DeRozan, he just posted yep. the Bulls intro theme today on his IG. That was pretty cool. He's fired up to go, Zach Levine. Uh, Kobe White, uh, they're developing to a solid little team. And then their draft pick, Pat, from uh, a, a year ago. I like what the Bulls are doing, man. They should be a playoff team. And it just probably feels weird being a Chicago Bulls fan, not competing in the playoffs since the, the, the MVP Derrick Rose days. So uh, I, I like the additions. They're solid. We're not going anywhere. We're not going to go wild. But I think just Chicago in the playoffs, again, should be really good. And DeMar DeRozan is in that you know, leadership, veteran, not too old to make plays, but still can go out and get things done type of role and can really get in the air. Zach Levine, who's one of the league's 
best scorers right now. We're seeing who just got it, got a gold medal for Team USA. So I'm excited to see what the Bulls can do. You know, that, that'll definitely be a flyer dunk show uh, on, on the wings. And DeMar DeRozan, that's a, that's a really good comp, man. You talk about a veteran and, and, and a younger player that, that really match. He's definitely a young DeRozan when you think about it. Uh, my partner Adam does not like Lonzo Ball for $85 million. You know what? you got to look at his age. He's going to be reliable. Uh, 15 to 20 mil is not uh, – that, that's not an amazing number in the NBA. Guys are making 44 plus. <laughs> yeah. yep. Okay, so you got to keep that in context. Don't, don't fall in love with the number 85. Uh, but Lonzo's reliable, you know. And I just think you got to play Lonzo for what he is. And you got two dynamic scorers on the wing. You need someone to get him the basketball. When you watch Lonzo play, the only fault that we can probably put on Lonzo is that he's not more aggressive. But he's not going to make mistakes. And I think if you're Chicago and you want to get into the playoffs, you've got a young guy who doesn't make mistakes, who can get the ball to your best scores where they need it and when they need it, and you're in a chance to roll. So. I, I like the fit when you think about it in that aspect, guys. Don't don't think. Listen, fifteen to twenty mil per year is not going to bankrupt you. Okay, you got guys <laughs> making forty to fifty, forty four to fifty per. All right, right. Admittedly, it's not my best argument. Like I don't have a whole lot to back it up. It just feels to me like one of those moves that a bad team makes. That a team makes and it's like this is not really going to make you much better. That's just what it feels like to me. It's going to make them a lot better. We'll see. He's a good defender. I mean, His three-point shot's 40% now. He's a great distributor. He still has a ton of yeah. upside. It's not a it, – guys, like I said, it's not a championship move, but think back to Los Angeles Clippers. You know, they had to kind of, like, play chess when, in free agency and via the trade market for a while before they could get in, in a running for a Kawhi Leonard, where it's like, oh, man, Kawhi, was like, I like what's going on over there. No different than with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, they had kind of really overachieved in the season, and then Kevin Durant and Kyrie were like, wow, we can make things happen. I, I like the culture. I like the energy over there, even though they fired Kenny Atkinson and got rid of every single young asset that was a part of the organization. <laughs> but, you know, you, you kind of build it first, and then the stars will come. Was there a guy you loved in the NBA draft? We're getting to see the, the draft picks play now. Like last night we, in Vegas in the summer league, we got to see – Kate Cunningham and Jalen Green go at it. Was there someone that you really liked who you think is going to walk into the league and be freaking awesome? I think Jalen Suggs is – I know I know he, you know he. he's still, what, fourth pick in the draft. He's, I think he's still extremely underrated, man. He's a guy that kind of reminds me a little bit of Lonzo in his build and size, but he finishes much better at the rim. He's physical. He's tough. And I like when he gets the ball in his hands, he gets – downhill. Jalen Suggs is going to be NBA ready right now and the physicality is not going to bother him where, you know, Jalen Green is going to take a year or two to kind of catch up with the physicality in the NBA. Uh, Cade, I think, will have to grow, do some growing there, but he, you know, at 6'9", 6'10", 6'8", whatever, it's pretty easy to get his shot off, but there's something about Jalen Green I like that I think he's going to step up and be in that running for rookie of the year uh, early for just he just he just he's just a gamer man and he's physically he's ready to play. I I just I really like him. I think Toronto may be kind of kicking themselves for missing out on 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 excuse me Jalen Suggs uh, that he they're going to be kicking themselves for that move. Ryan, let's close on this one. Ryan Hollins, well, this is kind of hardcore, but I I want to go down the path of uh, what's going on now with the decision of the you know say the top five high school seniors and whether they go to the uh, you know the G League and Ignite whether they go to uh, you know New Zealand, 
uh, it was interesting because there was a kid, uh, what Jalen Duran, who just reclassified to 2021. And, you know, instead of going to the G League, he's going to Memphis and Amani Bates might do the same thing. What would you tell kids on what to do? Do you get the earnings clock started right away? Do you play one year of college? I mean, you know, there was a kid who was a Vegas kid who was supposed to go to UCLA and Dacian Nix, who, you know, he went to the G League. Mm-hmm. He didn't get drafted. He's kind of, you know, now he's, he's going to get a shot. He's out the summer league. But I just I wonder what advice you give to guys about jumping in the league or you get a little maturation in college. What should they do? Every situation is different. Yeah. Uh, college basketball, I did a lot of work with CBS Sports uh, last year, covered college basketball and over at the Final Four. And the one thing I'll say about college basketball is it's changing from that slow tempo and pace to a now three-point centric fast break, you know, small ball type of, a type of three-point game. I think college basketball is catching up. Um, I think there's something huge to be said about the maturity that we saw about a lamella ball that when it got his butt kicked over in Australia and came back and it paid dividends in the NBA right away because he had to be there with grown men. I love the G League route. Uh, I think there's still some refining there to be done. But, I mean, my God, you're looking at a college environment. These kids can now make money now. These kids yeah. can make, get paid. So that's a, that's a huge, huge intrigue there. So I think – to each fit, it may be different, you know, but I think college, you're going to have to keep a good eye on it. And a lot of these kids are coming back like a Johnny Juzang decided to come back uh, because now you can get paid. So it's not the worst. And I'll be honest, you might be poised if you have enough of a following to where you could make more money in college than you could at any of these other spots. And we know the name of the game is, is go out and get paid. So let's say, you're the man in Westwood, or you're going in St. John's and you're playing out in New York. Like, you could get the bag. Yep. <laughs> you know? yep. Yep. And that is the kind of like, get as much out of this game and use it up because at some point when this game is done with you, you know, you'll be doing radio interviews at 5.30. No, I'm joking, guys. But at some point, the ball's going to stop bouncing, you know, so take – uh, take advantage of it while you can, man. So college may not be too shabby, guys. Ryan, that was awesome as always. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> no pun Thanks. by the radio thing. <laughs> don't don't, don't, don't keep me off the show for good, man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. No more shots at us. Get All out right. of here. <laughs> See ya. Ryan Hollins, uh, NBA analyst, played in the league. On the way back, uh, a couple more things on Hard Knocks to close out. Uh, you know what? Last time ever on TV – Uh, that we need any sort of explanation of a vasectomy. Cut it out. The show never ends. Watch the Cofield and Company Late Night Pod tonight at 9 o'clock on YouTube or at Steve Cofield on Twitter. Cofield and Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Most confusing element of Hard Knocks episode one with the Cowboys, letting Fossil explain a vasectomy for minutes at a time. I walked out of the room. Or the strange, like, new lineman. I don't know where he's from. For the Cowboys, he's just like, I just want cake. <laughs> what was going on? I don't. I didn't understand either one of those. I hope they're going to build on those, right? Uh, I don't want to hear about the vasectomy anymore. That's enough. I just like leaving those out there, leaving it dangling. Pun intended. I actually didn't mean to, but yeah. that, that makes sense. Nice job. Uh, great job booking the show today. Bayari, we're back tonight. Seren Petro, 
on our uh, Cofield and Company late night podcast, nine o'clock on Twitter and YouTube.